0: Good morning, everybody, or afternoon now, everybody. My name is Corey Rosen. This is The Story Podcast, and today I have a super awesome guest, Mr. Cody Smith. Cody Smith is a performer, director, and choreographer hailing from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He is a dancer slash swing in the Radio City Christmas Spectacular in New York for 18 years. He has toured with the Christmas Spectacular and with Beauty and the Beast. Other New York performances credits include ABC Daytime Salutes Broadway Concert, School days at the New York Musical Theater Festival and a guest artist with Synthesis Dance Project. He has performed locally and regionally at uh, in Brigadoon at the Marriott Theater in Chicago and in many productions here at the Fulton Theater in Lancaster. Cody was, Cody was the director of the Hemfield Dance Theater Program for many years. Further, he has directed and choreographed numerous shows for the Effort of Performing Arts Center the Hemfield Music Program, Effort High School, Cedar Crest High School, the Cobalt Dance Camp Company, and Rev9 Dance Company. Cody, how are you doing today? I'm
1: doing great. Thanks for having me, Corey.
0: Yeah. So tell me, where where did this,
1: this bug for dancing and music start for you? Uh, I got the bug, and that's a great word to use mm-hmm. the bug. That's what my dad used to say. He got the theater bug. Um, it started, I started doing church plays um, with the youth group in uh, growing up at Bethany Presbyterian. And then it wasn't really until I got to high school, to Hemfield High School, that I really found a love for theater. Uh, the program there is uh, uh, has is a really good quality. And uh, the teacher that I had inspired me very much so. And I did um, all the musicals and the dance program. They have a dance program uh, at a, local public high school. No other high school I know, at least around here, has one. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's extracurricular. And I took to it. And my teacher told me that I should go take lessons. So I started to go elsewhere to get training. Went up the road here to Encore when I was a kid in the 90s. And I would travel to Philadelphia to take class. And then uh, that's where the passion really started. And then it just kept going from there. So tell me what it was like as a as a a male dancer, a
0: rarity in in the theater program.
1: I I think that uh, being a male has actually because most dancers um, and musicians and most artists they they start training pretty young, you mm-hmm. know. In in terms of dance, like girls start training in studios that. Two, three, four. And you know, as they progress and they get in more advanced classes, I think being a male helped me in a way because I started so late. I didn't did I didn't come into theater until 15. So um being a male in a was a rarity in this area. So I got opportunities just because I was a male. So that actually worked in my favor in terms of the attention and the training. um, And I'm very grateful for that. You know, I, I, I will be the first to say I was lucky in that respect to um, get that sort of attention starting so late to uh, dance.
0: And so uh, speaking of that, you, you uh, eventually went up to New York and uh, that is
1: this place where there's a lot of male dancers and very a lot of talented male dancers. Correct. Um, You know, like if, if you look at it in terms of your where you grow up in your local studio or your local school, um, you know you you may be the best at your studio. You know what you you you've trained. You become like the premier dancer at your studio, and then you get to New York, and you realize everyone here was the premier dancer at their studio or the best in their town, and. That's one thing my friends in New York, we always joke like everybody's good here. You know, it's it's and that's what makes it exciting. That's what makes it hard. Um, that's what makes it fulfilling when you get cast in a show there.
0: So tell me about the first time you went to New York and experienced that.
1: Uh, I actually um, my story. I didn't get to go to college for mm. a theater or for dance. I I went for advertising to Penn State. And uh, when I got out of college, I was doing shows up at uh, at the Effort of Performing Arts Center, uh, choreographing and assisting Ed Fernandez, the artistic director there. And my friend, Jessica, came home from school and said, do you wanna to move to New York with me? And I said, oh, should I, now? Like, yeah, she's like, let's do it. At the end of the summer, let's go. So I said, okay you know what let's give it a shot um i did i was doing a lot of local theater i was dancing locally i was choreographing but she convinced me to move up to new york and we moved august 14th i think it was 14th 15th somewhere around the middle of the month i remember that because our rent was due in the middle of the month Mm. and not at the beginning (laughs) of the month um so we moved up we got an apartment in brooklyn um and I, we were setting up everything that our parents had left. We moved everything in and we were getting things set up. And I said, I think I'm going to go to this audition tomorrow. Um, I'm going to get up pretty early because traveling to Brooklyn, the audition started at 10. And, you know, I wasn't on a list or anything. So I had to line up and everything. So I was going to leave about 6.30 or 7 a.m. And I went to the audition and it went really well. It was at Radio City Music Hall ah, for the Christmas Spectacular, it was a replacement call. So they had already cast the show, but people that had gotten other jobs or, um, you know, uh, had since dropped out or, you know, they didn't fill a position. They needed to fill very specific slots. And here I got it. Day one, I I got to New York. And then I thought, oh, gosh, this is easy. This is great. (laughs) This is amazing. Uh, And then I didn't get about the next... 40 jobs <laughs> after that, but I was lucky enough to continue um, to work at radio city every year. I was blessed with um, that opportunity.
0: So tell me about your, your time there. What were some of the, your favorite parts or some, maybe the, uh, you know, everyone has that one time where they slipped and fell. Right.
1: Um, well, you know, the, things happen in life, in live theater, but um I think what I what I took away from my tenure at Radio City is that um, everyone always says, "Oh, you 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 perform with the Rockettes," and well, I'm not a Rockette. I dance with the Rockettes in the show. Um, but I think what I take away from that whole experience is that I was a part of something that has become. american institution Hmm. it's an american tradition um something that lives in our collective psyche the christmas spectacular ready it almost defines new york at christmas time and it has now for almost 100 years uh it started in 1933 i think wow so we're getting close um and uh and performing at Radio City Music Hall. It's such a beautiful theater, 6,000 seats, built during the depression to create jobs along with all of Rockefeller Center there. And um, to look up out at 6,000 seats and the arches of Radio City is something that I will hold close to my heart for my entire life. And I got to do it for 18 years on that stage. and i made a lot of great friends um i feel very blessed to have had that opportunity and you know everyone who comes to see that i think that's why I, that has kept me going that long is because you know you do shows and then you're like it becomes old hat and you're just like yeah 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 this is what this is and this is what that is and but every time someone new comes to the show for the first time and you bring them backstage and the, they're struck, and their, their complete, just like emotional response to being in that space mm-hmm. makes you remember and appreciate again. And it makes you continue to um, hold that hold that standard high.
0: So what was it like for you to first like step onto that stage? And what did you ever feel stage fright or like uh, any nervousness? Or
1: I don't know. I I, I have to ask. Um, I mean, what do your other guests say about stage fright? If you, in entertainment, like as well, a professional,
0: I don't know if you're an, if you're, you consider yourself an introvert or extrovert. But a lot of us in the industry are actually really introverted, and so the first time they they come on the stage, you're like, oh. Well, I'm
1: extroverted, so. You were fine. Everyone who knows me knows I'm very extroverted. But um, no, y- yeah, I think everyone – I still get nervous on the first day. We call in in, in in the theater business your first day of rehearsal for a new project. We call the first day of school. Mm-hmm. Okay? And did you ever get nervous your first day of school growing up, like when you went right. to a new class, new teacher, new – yep it's that same feeling. And I think that happens. I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but I know I do. I get very anxious. Like I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready for the challenge. I'm excited to be with a new cast, a new director or an old director with a new cast or, or I'm directing a show with a cast that I've chosen. And it's the first day we're going to all be together. Did, did I choose the right people? Is this going to come together? Um, and that is the same for performing that first time out in front of an audience. It's like, did we rehearse right? Did I do my best? Is, am I ready for this? Am I going to forget something? I mean, you know, it, I think that's a natural human thing, but you just got to trust yourself, trust in the work and trust that, trust in God, trust in that you are you are where you need to be at that moment and you're doing the right thing. So, at what point did you
0: become a dancer into a director? Um, that's a great
1: question. Um, I don't. I. I think that um. Directing and choreographing, are is a separate skill set. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't think all dancers become choreographers. I don't think all actors become directors. Obviously, that's true. Um I think that's a separate skill set and it's something that you know you can go to school for directing um you can take choreography classes in a dance major degree um but I think it comes with finding something to say mm-hmm. or a reason to tell the story um whatever that may be like i'm passionate about reaching an audience so i love to perform in front of people i've been doing that for a very long time but as i get older i'm not as fulfilled as a performer well one because as an older dancer it doesn't feel so good
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um to to perform on stage every day your body it takes a long time to recover um but i am really fulfilled by telling stories by moving people through uh moving in quotations <laughs> moving an audience to a emotion, emotional response by movement and music combined that that just inspires me and that keeps me going and it's exciting to see um an audience react to your work whether it's directing a play a musical or creating a, a dance piece um that's to hear the, the them laugh mm. you know at something that's funny um you know an actor relies on an audience for com you know to you know it's a it's a symbiotic relationship you know you they they laugh your comic timing it's all that it's like thing but once you have set that on the actor I like to sit back and watch and see, like, how it plays out. You know, how how is that relationship working, and that um, is also an education. And then that keeps building upon your experience as a director or a choreographer.
0: It's always said, um, Reggie Woods. I always go to his performances, and he's always like, "The audience is the last piece of the ensemble. The oh last yeah, member of the cast."
1: Reggie is right. <laughs> love my friend reggie that is very very correct yeah um you a lot of times like especially in new york um you have what's called preview performances mm. so if if you're trying to run a show for a very long time um you don't just you know rehearse that much tech it and put all the theatrical elements to it and then just open you have a period of over a month where wow. you Have they're called previews where the ticket prices are sometimes a little bit uh, less, and the cast is required to rehearse during the day and then perform at night. And it's, it's a period where things can change based on what Reggie said. The you're adding the audience as the last piece of the puzzle, and you don't you're not ready to open yet because you're just seeing how an audience is reacting to that piece of theater. Now, so you're not gonna just okay. Well, that didn't really land. So, but we've already finished the show, so we're not gonna right. we're not gonna mess with it now. No, there's like a, sometimes six weeks that you're you know in previews, you're gonna have rehearsal every day. You're gonna take songs out. You're gonna replace them with a different song. You're gonna change the dialogue. You're gonna rework some choreography, and that's all because we, they are studying how the audience is reacting to uh, the piece. Interesting hmm so as a as a director what
0: um what were some of the challenges that you had to rise above for for you as a
1: director um i think i don't challenges i think what what you have to i don't know if it's a challenge as much or that it's something you have to rise above but i think to be a good director you have to have a lot of life experiences. Mm. If you've never been in love, how do you direct love? If you've never lost someone, how do you direct loss? Um, those are just two examples. So I don't. I, it's not necessarily a challenge, I think. But I think gaining that life experience, and if you, if you're a young director at what your age of twenty three. Um, you may have all the eagerness and willingness to do and, and to direct and do that, but in, you're still gaining so much life experience, and you just have to wait and experience that, take that in, and then you can apply that to your art. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it, the challenge is kind of waiting until you've matured into a good director. You know what I mean?
0: You know, that is uh, very much applied to songwriting as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, waiting for those experiences that we can get what you want out of your performers or out of your song or et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah. Interesting. And in terms of choreography, the same, the same thing applies. Well, to be a good choreographer, I feel like you have to be well versed in a lot of different styles of dance Mm -hmm. and you have to appreciate different styles of music but you also need to have that life experience to know how to tell that story and to make them make an audience feel something for the movement that you're doing with the music that you've chosen. Mm-hmm. So I think that applies for choreography as well.
0: So tell me, what are some of the hardest shows you've had to direct?
1: The hardest show that I have ever directed is also the most fulfilling show mm. that I've ever directed and that is the Hemfield Dance Theater program. Um it's uh it's at a local high school. It is um a majority non-dancers, you know, kids are interested just into expressing themselves. They want to try something new. They want to get on stage. Dancing is pretty universal. Kids go to dances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and um, the thing about dance theater is it's, it's about 37, 38 years old and, uh, it, it's a new show every year. You come up with a complete concept every single year. The music is, you know, your oyster. You can, you know, tell whatever story and you got about a hundred kids 25 of them maybe are trained dancers. The other 75 aren't. Now I'm rounding up, you know, that every right. year is different. But um, that, that the concept that it is a new original work every year is very difficult. It's daunting, yes. But then to have young students from high school age, ninth to 12th grade, who don't have dance experience, a majority of them, Um, and who just are there to try something new to inspire them, to get them to trust you, to get them to work really hard for you and to create something that they're proud of as well as myself or the other directors. That is difficult, but also so rewarding. It is so rewarding when you get a group of students to trust you enough to go for the ride and to I you can get high school students to try anything because they're at that age where they're not inhibited yet. Mm-hmm. They're starting to be, but you know if you can get them to play along, boy, they will. Let's do it, Cody. Let's do it. Let's try it. I'll try it. Let's do it. And I think that is the most fulfilling and rewarding and challenging thing about being a director. So tell me, uh, you
0: came back to came back to here and help Hempfield. Um, why? Why you leave new york
1: um i was in new york for 10 years and i continued to work in new york for another 10. um but i came back and i have always worked at hemfield since the year after i graduated i have a great loyalty to that program hmm. because that's what gave me the inspiration to do what i do so because i was so moved by that program i want students to have that same opportunity to be moved i'm not saying that everyone that comes to hemfield is going to be a, a professional dancer right. nor should you know, they, really. yeah, yeah there aren't that many that do but it's the opportunity to be inspired that um i really took to but i know that even if you're not going to be a dancer or an actor i feel like the programs at hemfield in terms of the theater programs are creating a whole community of arts appreciators Mm -hmm. and arts lovers and i know that all the kids that i've had going through programs at hemfield and other schools and you know i feel like if they're not going to do it i know they're going to see theater Mm -hmm. And they're going to appreciate theater, and they're going to look at it they're going to go to a show on Broadway, and they go, "That's awesome!" And you know what? I know how hard that is to make, and that's I, I think uh, the legacy that you you can create with people that aren't necessarily going to be professionals in the industry, um, but creating a community of arts appreciators is um, still just as important. And that's how you keep the arts going. Correct. I think that, uh, I think some of these, and and, and I think we were talking before we went on air that uh, about this area, Lancaster Mm -hmm. and this, the surrounding areas and how rich in in the arts and in music, especially you were saying, um, I think that it's the same in theater. I mean, you know, we have professional theaters, we have community theaters, we have, a million and five theaters around here we're still in what is it april 11th we're still at the tail end of like high school musical times Mm -hmm. where all this i mean there's just so many opportunities in the arts there's so many dance schools around there's so many performing arts there was not so many but there's a there's a a fair amount of uh performing arts academies and programs and um i think we're blessed to have such a rich uh, community in the arts here
0: Yeah, the only way to keep that going is to invest in the younger generation and keep it going. Exactly.
1: So there you go. That's why I moved home. I love this community. And even though even when I lived in New York, I always joked that I would probably be back someday, back to Lancaster someday. And and when the time was when the time was right, it was right.
0: So tell me a little bit about because you've worked with all the uh, spectrum of you know the professionals, uh, kids, college students. Mm-hmm. What are what are some of the different challenges that uh, that are, or what do you think it, it, it's? Yeah, you know, what are some of the challenges that you have to face de- de- dealing with the different working with the different age groups? How do you how do you differ approaches? How do you get them behind you and and that kind of thing?
1: You said it, Corey. It's approaches. It's the way you approach. Um, certain things Um, you know some younger unexperienced um, artists you need to spoon-feed for lack of a better word (laughs) you have to literally tell them you know put the book in their hand tell them which hand it's in open Open the the page page and show them to read that's basically what you have to do with unexperienced performers um, you have to spoon feed everything to them. And the way you do that is break everything down, break everything down by this. Why did you say that line? Mm. Why are you doing, why am I asking you to do this movement? What is this, what does this mean? And then when you get to the college level, they're starting to study it as a profession, so you don't have to spoon feed as much, but you still, it's still a learning experience. You're still training them to be professional, even though they are um, already pre-professional. We would call pre-professional, and then when you get to the professional level, they come in with their homework done. You mm-hmm. know, they know how that they want to portray the character. They already are familiar with, and you're just kind of molding the product so that it's cohesive and a you know overall arcing story that it's that's what a professional director does. you want to make sure that is 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 our audience going to understand this from beginning to end molding what everyone is bringing to the table already because they are already professional artists Mm -hmm. i'm curious more about the uh, the
0: the dance program because you you say you make an original work every season and uh, is that same
1: for this season too yeah we're working on dance theater now it's in three weeks uh this year uh, i am I am not the director this year. My good friend and collaborator and colleague, Devin Groff is the director of the show. Um, I am, I have, she is now the director. I um, resigned from that position, but I am now an outside choreographer. So I come in and just do my pieces. That's how I began in dance theater. That position was created for me um, when I graduated high school. So, um, so we, The director had uh, and her her assistant, Jordan, um, and we have another assistant director, Bethany, and another assistant, Macy, and myself as an outside choreographer. The five of us created the outline for this show, and then we kind of brainstorm music ideas of how it should be laid out. Sometimes, I mean, with Devin, with this production, she had pretty much all laid out and Jordan had it all laid out in the beginning Hmm. and we kind of had to just plug and play and be like, Oh, I don't want to try this. I want to do this section. I want to put this together. And so it's a true collaboration. Um, And uh, it's 95 dancers and it's going to be at the end of April. And it's, it's called time warp. It's all about time this year. I think it's going to be amazing.
0: And so you guys bring in like original music, and uh, these are like original ideas.
1: It's original ideas. It's not original music. Okay. We, we we pull from a, a wide variety of of music, um, and uh, but the idea and the concept is original. Each okay. Year and the choreography.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah, to to it. it's fun. It it it's
1: it's it's become a tradition in the Hemfield community, which mm. is a suburb of like um you know uh, now we i have students that their parents were in dance theater with me in high school um and uh we have a uh, over 1300 seat theater uh, and we sell it out every year three shows It's, it's it's quite amazing um the impact that that dance has had on that community through that program people have come to appreciate dance in a way that I don't think other communities are like, oh, dance theater. My dad likes to come. <laughs> my dad's a sports guy. He enjoys coming to dance theater. He's come every year. And so, in your opinion, why is dance so important? Um, well, I think that, oh, that's a good question. Look, you're stumping me. Why is it so important? One, because, well, it's only in important if you have a passion for it. Mm. why do I th- why do I have a passion for it? One, it's hard. Dance is something that you make look really easy on the stage, mm-hmm. but it's really hard. Now I, I'm one of those also uh, traditionalists who don't think that dance should be a sport. I still mm. I still, even though it is hard and challenging, Um, and physical, and um, I would call a dancer an athlete, but I don't, I still think a dancer is more an athletic artist um, than a sports figure. Um, So I, I, I think that's what I think is most important is the physical... The physical challenges of dance, but making it look so graceful and elegant and beautiful um, is, um, to me, what I think holds my passion and importance. What show,
0: for you, was was one of your favorite shows to be a part of?
1: That's a great question. Um, I've done a lot of shows, and um, I find something... I've never not liked a show... Mm that I've done, there's always been something that I have learned from or grown from and taken with me from that experience. But my favorite show that I ever was in was Newsies. And there's a specific reason for it. Um, uh, when Newsies came out, the movie, I was right when I first started to find a passion for theater and for dance the movie came out with christian bale, <laughs> with christian bale and um and i was like oh man I, and it was all boys dancing so i i found that i was like really exciting and, and really great and i liked the athleticism and and just the excitement yeah. of it of that movement and seeing all those guys moving in that movie And I was like, I can't wait till they make this into a stage musical. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. And finally, I was in New York living and they were making Newsies. And I was 31, 32 maybe. And they wanted young dancers. They wanted 20, 21, 22, 18. Um, And I got cut and i didn't get it and i was and they were like you're too old and i was like oh no i missed the most exciting musical that i could be a part of i missed it i'm not going to get a chance to do it and then they did it the fulton in 2000 dating me 17. i was 38. i was 38. Um, and i i emailed the director mark robin and i said I didn't ask if I could be in the show. I said, "Do you think I, do you think I could come audition for this show?" And he said, "Sure, come on over." I was like, "See, because I didn't know it. Are you casting it young? Are you gonna, you know, what, what, what's going on?" Thirty-eight yeah. years old. I mean, if I shave, I can. I look young sometimes. <laughs> what well, thirty-eight? I still looked pretty young. Um, and he cast me. And I got to do it at the Fulton and at Main State Music Theater. And I did it for an entire summer. And I was so excited that I didn't miss that opportunity. And there were kids in it. There were college students. There was, you know, and and then there were some adult, you know, it it was a good mix of guys in the show. But I took that experience to heart because I knew that I almost didn't get to do it. So that was the show that um, I will always hold as the favorite one that I've always ever been in. So, looking forward, because uh, you mentioned
0: age and and uh, theater are very specific sometimes about uh, about their uh, casting. Mm-hmm. What are some shows that you're you are excited to be a part of as you grow
1: older? That's another great question, Corey. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I will. Uh, continue as a dancer you kind of age out right you know like could i be in the ensemble of something with adult dancers like nine to five or something like that mm-hmm. maybe maybe will i be able to sustain a eight week eight show a week run for seven weeks six weeks even five weeks i don't know so um i've stopped seeking out opportunities. And um, I've been very blessed that opportunities present themselves to me. Mm. And um, I keep myself open, spiritually, emotionally, to just whatever's next, it's it's coming. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And I and if it isn't performing and if it's more directing and choreography, or even I'm getting into um, I'm started to do some stage management which is like dance captaining or assisting, which I've done many times before too. Um, I welcome all those opportunities and new learning experiences and continuing with work I've done through the years um, and trying to just stay in the arts. That's kind of the basic thing. It's not about what show do I wanna do, it's kind of how do I stay doing what I love to do here in Lancaster in my mid forties. Yes. As I was a primary, I'm a dancer first. And then now I guess I would start to consider myself a choreographer first or a director first. So yeah. So uh
0: you mentioned having to be uh very active very very much a lot of the time. How do you deal with burnout or how do you how do you keep yourself mentally sane? During, because we all know musical theaters is a bunch of work all the time, especially tech week. Sometimes uh-huh. people can go insane a little bit. How do you manage
1: that? Well, that, that's that's um, interesting. If you love what you're doing, you rarely get burnt out. Hmm. Sometimes you just need a break. That's fair. Yes. You just need a break. You know, like take take some time off. Um, that that is a totally acceptable and fair thing. That I think that. Um, if anyone is feeling technically the burnout, I think that would be a good thing for any any profession and not just artists. Um, but uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, physical wear and tear on your body as a dancer, or um, I, I like to have, I like the phrase pain is just weakness leaving the body you know Mm -hmm. you're always going to be sore there's always going to be soreness there's always going to be you know and I, i mean i continue to work out i work out at orange theory fitness i love it five days i try to go four four to five days a week um but that you just gotta if you keep your physical health up um your your body up then mentally i think It it will sustain you. You know what I mean. And yes, you're gonna hurt. Yeah. There's gonna be soreness. It's gonna happen. But pain is just weakness leaving the body.
0: So uh, as a Christian, I like to ask all my uh, brothers and sisters in faith this question: What is worship to you? When you when do you feel most in tune with God?
1: Um. I find God in a lot in music. Um, and I'm not talking lyrics to songs. Um, I, one of my favorite parts about church each week is the music, listening to the choir, listening to the organ. Uh, Easter was this Sunday and our church has the Susquehanna brass and it's mm. timpani and bra- it's so beautiful. It's my favorite. I tear up every year. Um, Christ the Lord is risen to you today. And the intro, nope, right? nope. I just, I remember it just, it brings tears to my eyes I, every year. It just comes flooding back, and we sing the Hollywood Chorus. I think music is such a part of of faith and in, um, you know, in church. And that translates over into the theater. And I think that um, that inspires me. And that's where I see a lot. It's where I take God from church into my daily life in the theater is the music.
0: So... We're kind of running out of time here, so I like to. I'm gonna go on and ask more questions that I like to ask all my guests. Sure. And because uh, I know you got to get out of here relatively quicker. And so, what is and, the, and we were kind of mentioned this beforehand. Now, everyone has that story where they slip and fall. Or mm-hmm. what is what is that one time where you uh you what is the funniest thing that's ever happened, or maybe one of the worst things you want to on stage? Oh,
1: okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you. Um, it's embarrassing. The very first performance of of the Christmas Spectacular, my first year in New York, not the tour. I did the tour first. But in New York, the show opens with a street scene. Mm -hmm. And there's shoppers and a police officer and Santa with a bell and all all these people going around. I was a bike messenger. And in eight counts i had to ride from stage left wing one to number i don't i forget 14 maybe 18 you know zero center yes and at radio city it goes all the way to like 42. oh wow (laughs) so in eight counts i had to get to number
0: 14
1: on a certain colored line and i had to get off jump off the bike put the kickstand up and freeze before Santa rose up on the elevator and t- froze everyone, mm. like in the street scene. He was freezing the street to say, all right, all the hustle and bustle, it's time for Christmas. That was the opening of the show back then. And, oh, my gosh, there was my first that nerves getting ready that very first time. Like, okay, I hear the audience. They're, whew, I'm going to ride out. Here we go. We're going to do this. And um, I got on the bike. I rode out, I got off, I threw the kickstand, I froze, and then I heard behind me the bike go <laughs> into the set flat, the flat that was oh. flown in covering elevator two Um, because they had to bring the big tree at Rockefeller Center up that the Rockettes came tapping out of. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, if if I don't move this bike, oh my, I might stop the show. Like the show will have to stop because they won't be able to bring the tree up because I ran the bike into the, oh, I just, it turned out fine. It was fine. When Santa unfroze us, I quick got the bike and it was fine. But wow, was that embarrassing? And I was like, oh my gosh, the bike, I can't. (laughs) But you know, you train you train as a dancer. You didn't know you're gonna have to ride a bike in eight counts and put it on a and in, in on the music, kickstand it out and freeze. Right. Yeah. You know, it happens. I guess that's the beauty of live theater. I
0: guess. Oh, and also that, that's that's a that's a, that's like slapstick to its
1: core, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting red just thinking about it.
0: <laughs> so. Um, we're kind of running out of time. What are some uh, performances that you're you're a
1: part of here
0: that you would like to uh,
1: plug? You, you mentioned the dance theater. Yes, dance theater is coming up in three weeks. Um, I choreographed a show at uh, for my friend Randall, who wrote a kid show, Robin Hood, a fractured tale of Robin Hood, that is going to be on Saturday mornings. It's a kid show um, at the Fulton uh, that opens in a few weeks. I'm stage managing sheer madness at the Fulton coming up this summer. In the Tell studio upstairs. Um, I just read the script and we're getting into pre production for that. We start rehearsal in two weeks. It's very, very funny. Um, and that again, I'm doing a stage management for. I'm directing The Wizard of Oz for the kids series at the Fulton yeah. in, I think it opens the end of June. I'm doing Flat Stanley, another kids show for the Gretna Theater that's going to be one Saturday in June. Um, and uh, in the fall, I'm going to do Cinderella with my friend Matt Heidzik is directing, and I'm choreographing here at LBC. Oh. So, yeah, lots to lots to look forward to.
0: Yeah, well, I'll have to get you back on because I have a lot more questions, but uh, we're, sh- we're stretched for time here. But, um, Cody, it's been great having you on. Oh, I really
1: appreciate it, Corey. Yeah. I'm ha- I've had a really good time talking to you.
0: Good. Uh, if you want to find out more about my podcast, you can go over to coreyrosoproductions.com this uh, that is C-O-R-Y-R-O-S-E-N. You can find out more of the, the projects that I am a part of there. And you can find out all of the things that are happening at the story, which are uh, increasingly getting more and more. Mm-hmm. We're doing a songwriter studio where we're getting three, four other artists in the area. We're going to create a, uh, if within under an hour, create a song that is ready to go to a studio to produce. So If you want to be a part of that, please go over to there. You can, we are also ramping up our single and uh, album reviews. So if you want your music to be reviewed uh, by a fellow artist in the area, you can go over to our website and do that there. Upcoming this week, we have this weekend, we have Home is Where the Art Is. That is a singer-songwriter song round event uh, that is happening. uh, It's ongoing, uh, run by Amber Nadine and Dan Griffin, who are doing really great stuff over in the New Cumberland area. So I'm really excited to talk to them about that. And this Sunday, we have Grant Bryan, who's a local country artist, at 2 p.m. Monday, we have Jessica Smucker, who is a local singer-songwriter who has uh, done a- incredible songwriting rounds at, at Zotropolis. So I'm excited to talk to her about all of that. And that is about it for that week. So, and uh, December, December. April twenty third is our award ceremony where we're gathering uh, all the people from the past year on the podcast, and we're gonna have a, a great jam session, uh, music throughout the night through um, from the sh- from the people on the show, and we're just gonna give little accolades to people that uh, I think deserve recognition in this show because you can never you can never have uh, enough acc- accolades, right? No, no. So stay tuned for that. If you would like to come out to that, that's April 23rd, 4 p.m., Switchboard Studios above Columbia Cattleworks in Columbia, PA. With all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, and we will see you guys later. Bye.